You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Now, this is more of a master puppets type situation. Uh, run! <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't run to Kate Bush. You run to Metallica. You guys Amy about that shit. <laughs> and on that note, welcome to this week's edition of The Couch Bro Tatoes. <laughs> Part two of our Stranger Things breakdown. I'm Alex. This is Chris. Yes. I about said Cap, just because like, it fucked with me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cap's taking a slow-ass time watching this series. So. Yeah. And hell, just between the two of us talking, we only had three episodes, and we did a whole uh, one of our episodes. So just having having old Tennessee with us just slow that down Ooh. even more. <laughs> hey, I do a nine-part series on this show. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> An episode per episode. Yeah. Like a half episode. Uh, and even so, uh, so we, we, of course, record these in batches. But last night, as soon as we finished recording what you heard is part one, Chris went, oh, shit, we even forgot to talk about this. Yep. In episode three, <laughs> uh, the monster of the superhero, uh, they that took me out of it is not as complex as some fans were uh but going back to that real quick it's the mikey thing like if you listen to mikey's episode on Mm. uh when he was with us with obi-wan he was talking about he's like the stupidest things take him out of a show like Mm. uh in avengers endgame when the rat uh pressed the button that let scott lang's uh van uh get freed or took him out of the negative that's what i'm talking about not not the fact that a mythological god hung out with a steroid induced propaganda man yeah no no and, that, and, a that, man, and basically iron batman fought an alien from space but the rat that just you know moonwalked on a fucking dash <laughs> took him out of it yep so again you know things take people out of shit for different reasons yeah, what took my, you out but mine's justified oh, oh. <laughs> so nancy and robin are basically this goes back to episode three uh are conning their way through an asylum to talk to freddie uh, um Robert England's character and they get found out and they're being escorted by two guards one of those guards though is very uh, obese (laughs) quite large and Robin said very carefully to Nancy she's like I don't think I can run in these shoes but they both just take off like track stars and the guards are keeping up now one I understand okay he he probably a little bit of athleticism secret athleticism but this dude was running a 440 (laughs) this dude had to be what probably six feet tall 400 pound and this dude was running this motherfucker down and i'm just like that is fucking bullshit (laughs) i'm like he would have had a stroke after the first like half click and i'm just like what the fuck is he a bad guy is he is he part of vecna's thing he's just like no. so, so it's like again in a series of demons and spirits and upside down parallel universes that's what took you out of it yeah but we don't see super athleticism in this fucking show either <laughs> you're right you're right 
We see a lot of fast-moving bicycles. That's about yeah, the, it. The, the only crazy athleticism we see is Steve Harrington. And guess what? He's built for it. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he in the football team? He was on the basketball team. Basketball team. That's Remember, what he, put, he tried to do one-on-one with Billy Hargrave. That motherfucker's like, Kaka, racism. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> and then he's like, I like you, kid, because you're white. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, chapter four, uh, Dear, Dear Billy. Billy. It's a sad op- episode. <laughs> it was. But uh, it opens up with Joyce and Murray uh, deliver the ransom payment to uh, the... Antonov. Con- yes. Uh, the... Uh, yeah, the Antonov's contact, Yuri, mm. uh, but he drugs them, uh, planning to turn them and Hopper and Antonov over to the Russians for a larger profit. So basically, you get the backstabbing Russian. Yeah. <laughs> and this, you know, Hopper escapes the prison camp, and the way he escapes it, so he's able to get the shackle off, mm-hmm. and he's able to. There's a distraction, and I like Yuri is able like that one, that one, one. Yeah, he kind of looks at him. He's like, he's you proud son of, him, of a, a bitch. bitch. <laughs> but he fights that that guy. That mm. Russian dude in that mm-hmm. cabin. And I'm just like, that's a knockdown, drag out fight. You're going to have to kill this dude. Yeah. And he does. He, he drops this motherfucker hard and blows up three of them. Yeah. And like gets a snowmobile. And Yuri's just like smoking a cigarette, like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, he killed like four of your co workers. Like, like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. But, uh, but back to uh, Joyce and uh, Murray. <laughs> This is all while saying it felt like this was just dragging on for so long. Mm, yeah. This was the first moments I was like, by episode four is when I started kind of getting burnt out on their side of the storyline. Well, this is now, it goes from a B plot to a C plot very quickly. Because oh, yeah. now, now, you know, your A plot is Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Your B plot is Ale and Mike and them. And California. Then Ale, and Ale gets taken away. So now your B plot is split up. So it be, that that drops it to a C and D plot. There's even an E plot at one yeah. point. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's a, they they expanded the group so much. Yeah, and now this being such a consolidated group of people, you know, Hopper, Russia, you know, Winona Ryder, Murray, you know, now now that's a B plot. You yeah, know, because it's you know core characters that we mm-hmm. like. Yeah, um, and now now it's kind of corresponding with each other mm-hmm. so it makes it a tighter tighter knit story yeah so it, it kind of turns into like a heist movie or a kidnap movie oh a absolutely bit, which changes it which changes it up because it is a movie we're watching movies yeah but 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 it's like when they get to the airport or the russian flight landing strip i hated this motherfucker so much i did too and that's maybe the reason why i was also kind of getting done with this part of the storyline mm-hmm. they spent so much time with this little shady ratty mm-hmm. motherfucker and it's like you could tell from the start that this guy was annoying because mm. even the way he like introduced himself he's just like oh no he's dead you know the thing he's like i'm fucking with you like he's just, some yakov smirnoff yeah and i'm like oh god here yeah. we go <laughs> and like this part didn't bother me the beginning of him his introduction you know it was a good i actually didn't see that coming that was one of the things i didn't see coming was the whole drugging of joyce oh, the and twist yeah the twist and i thought it was going to be more of uh, the great escape type situation yeah, yeah but it was a good little turn you know because you know they didn't foreshadow it at mm-hmm. all um they left it kind of a tight-knit thing even yeah. for a b or c plot so it worked out great yeah and it was one of the few surprises i had in this episode uh, or in the show in general now i did catch something very early on mm-hmm. that kind of fucked with me a little bit uh in the back of my mind i'm like are they really going this route uh, and it was the guard of of the lab, the blonde headed kid, the blonde headed young man in the lab who's always talking to Eleven. So I caught that very quickly, right? Um, because 
the caliber of how much that extends to L and the dock, I could tell there was a situation brewing because he's not the same age. He's talking to the kids a little bit more personal. He's giving her advice on how to use her powers. And I was And plus like, also, not to judge a book by its cover, but he was a weird looking dude. He is a weird looking dude. He plays a vampire in a lot of stuff. It makes sense. It's his eyes. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they did, like, some sort of post-editing work on it if to really make him If he was to get, like, a pop. high and tight haircut, he'd be the sharpest fucking Nazi you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's got that terrifying, like... Like, Fifth Horseman look? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, it's like, the entire time I am looking at it, I am... Honestly, yeah, it's weird you kind of said that. He did kind of have, like, some of that Nazi regime kind of, like, face to him. Yeah, like, he Aryan, just had that face. It's, it's the Aryan thing. Yeah, yeah. so... The entire time, I felt kind of uneasy by him, and even the way he was like speaking with Eleven, he was he was always kind of talking like this. He was way too cool with the fact that these kids could rip each other apart, and the one that sent me over the top, and I think it was this episode, was the flashback of L of him helping her with something, mm-hmm. and then he gets taken away and tortured, not yes. killed. They could they didn't kill him. Yes, it, she was sitting there playing with. The uh, Plinko. basically Plinko. Yes, Plinko. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of wanted a Plinko thing after I watched that. I'm just like, why are we not playing Plinko? <laughs> <laughs> I was coming one day from work. Chris has a big I ass built, Plinko one. thing. Yeah, and I'm like, Chris, what do you do? He's like, it's Plinko. Cost potatoes episode. Put your, Video it. Put your, put your money on the table. Yeah, <laughs> just dollar, dollar, fucking dollar bets. Like we're playing dice, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's turned into like when you were talking about blowing up Legos and shit. It's like, hold the camera, stop crying, let's play Plinko. <laughs> Cap's like, I don't have any more money. Guitar strings. <laughs> Give me your guitar strings. How much is that guitar well, worth? That's all I got, man. That's all I buy got. Buy more. With what? I ain't got no more money. I was tempted to buy one of his guitars and just smash the shit out of it. Oh, you'd be like, dude, what the fuck? Hold the camera. <laughs> and then punch him in the stomach. <laughs> I'm your buddy. <laughs> it's going to be forever before he hears this episode, too, because he's not even finished with season three yep. of Stranger Things yet. <laughs> I'll just be hovering that over his head. He's like, hey, man, you still selling the guitars? <laughs> Every episode often just keeps asking him. But yeah. Don't go to the Discord, tell Cap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, but when Hopper escapes from the prison camp, he is soon recaptured. Yes. And once that happens, they kind of like put a bookmark on their end of the story it's like hopper i mean not hopper uh joyce uh, got drugged and then hopper got snapped back into prison so it's like like, it's an old church yeah that's filled with peanut butter and levi's yes i do (laughs) i will say i felt so much secondhand happiness Mm -hmm. for hopper when you saw him like rip open that peanut butter and just like he digs his fingers (laughs) in just like like a fucking animal but like all of a sudden, just that face of familiarity, yeah. and just like, oh, well, think about something you a haven't taste had in a very of long home. time. Yes, yeah, and especially peanut butter. I don't know if you like peanut butter. I or love not. peanut butter. Okay, I was gonna say I would have reacted the same way, just being like, oh, I'm an American. I love peanut butter. Okay, <laughs> well, there's some, yeah. hey, there's some weird shit you just don't like, yeah. son. Well, like I didn't drink Coke for like six years, so when I first drank a Coke, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's amazing. <laughs> Want to go buy a gun and vote? <laughs> God damn, twice. America. I'm vote twice. But we jump back to Jonathan, Mike, and Will as they prepare to sneak away from Wallace and Harmon. Uh, those are the agents sent by Owens to watch after them after um, they kind of realize that. Well, basically, he's just like, hey, your friends are in danger, mm. but we're going to help them. 
We're going to send people to watch them as Owens is talking to Eleven on this. He's just and like, like, just for a second. like this In the is, previous episode. Well, let's just step back for a second. All right. They got a plan to escape these agents. Argyle showing up. It takes them a while. Okay, whatever. This turns into a goddamn last stand of... The last stand, man. I'll say this was the biggest this is, shock. This is the fucking guns of Navarone trying to defend themselves. And it's two fucking agents and they're holding their own against some special forces, motherfuckers. It's, but see, this is one of the most surprising moments of this series for me. Because it's like, we're used to a lot of, you know, violence with like the monsters and stuff. And like when we go to Russia, of course, we're expecting a little bit of intense gunfire. Mm. We've not gotten that with the kid plot. This is a goddamn home invasion of soldiers, not 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 black suited, black car motherfuckers. They're actually the good guys. Yeah, the the uh, the agents are just holding their own. And I granted, they just had pistols, but damn, they were putting down some fire, dropping motherfuckers left and right. And, and I was just like, this is the dark side of what ET would have been. This is what ET would have been. It's just like, give us the fucking alien. And I'm just like, Jesus Oh, yeah, Christ. they had automatics just fucking making Swiss cheese out of the wall. Fucking everything. And and the thing I really liked about it, too, was overall, like in this entire series, like we we discussed it during the D&D basketball game. Mm. Uh, the editing on that was so cool. It looked so good. The editing and shooting of this was great because there was a lot of single uncut shots. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an unchanged shot. Yes, there was um, a lot of unchanged shots. I went back shot. and watched it and it was kind of looking for like the blink where it switches from parts of it. And what they did is you can actually kind of see the track in one shot, but oh. it's so small. But it's the tracking shot and, you know, cameras now have the great stabilization and all that yeah but you can still see there was a track Mm -hmm. on one part and i'm just like man that's fucking awesome because running down the stairs and he's like back of the wall boom 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 boom, boom. damn 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 he suppressed fire move 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 and the whole time argyle is just like listening to pass the duchy and just like just rolling up on a van (laughs) he's in his own happy world putting pineapple on pizza i love i love jonathan and will and mike Hit the fucking gas! <laughs> Why? Why? Dude, and it's like tap, 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 and like a few bullets hit the car. And he's like gone, <sighs> and they got the agent with him. They were able to get the agent out, yeah. And he's done. Like he's basically fucking done. Yeah. But uh, he's trying to tell him. He's like, look, you know, Nina, Nina something about blah, blah, blah. Nina. And he hands him a pen or some shit. Yeah. And they have no idea what's going on. And Argyle's kind of freaking out, which rightfully he should. Yes, but not imagine. only is he smoking a substance that causes paranoia. But now it's the government. <laughs> well, I was going to say, but think about poor Argyle. He's just hanging out in a pizza joint, making some food, smoking a little weed, listening to some fun Rastafarian. All right, he's got to go pick up his friends. All of a sudden, they're screaming, go, 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 run, 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 as they're dragging someone out that's bleeding out in their arms as bullets are ricocheting off your delivery van. Poor guy. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't have a mental breakdown by the end of this. So he went there to deliver pizza with the whole intent of hanging out, burning one down with Jonathan yeah. and leaving. <laughs> Not international fugitives from the U.S. military Mm-mm. with a dead government agent in the back of his van with three kids. He pretty much just kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> what a term. Poor dude. What a, what a world they live in. <laughs> Oh God! But yeah, so I—that I, was one of my—that was probably one of my favorite action scenes. Mm-hmm. Actually, of the whole of this whole season, that was just extremely well done. Um, but after that, Nancy and Robin uh, interview and uh, 
Oh, this is oh, this is the episode. Yeah, that they take off. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it was yeah, so episode four. So yeah, so at this point, Nancy and Robin uh, make their way in to uh, interview the imprisoned Victor Creel, mm. who recounts the family being tormented and killed by supernatural forces as he was arrested for the deaths. I think we kind of and this is a very long sequence of storytelling because they come back to it later on. Mm-hmm. But cause well, we I, the, I think yeah, I think we discussed it a lot on the previous episode mm-hmm. because they kind of touched on it. But yeah, this is where we get the full story of like the house the kids the mom uh, mm-hmm. and everything and all of them dying at the table yeah and then the um, bombing yeah and so and it's, it's all- a very visceral story like it's a very weird flashback um and what saved him was just a little bit of music at the end yes and he said he connected to that song mm-hmm. uh, and that's when we get kind of like some more intel about the situation that because uh, it's foreshadowed with the doctor he's like look we use music therapy which is a kind of a thing that works mm-hmm. and he says, you know, it helps some people out, helps other people in different ways, but it helps with psychosis. It helps with, you know, putting someone in a mental mindset. So it worked out great in this intel wise. Right. Until, you know, the fat guy tried to chase him down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you're, you're, you would have made your that better. Scene happens there. You would have made that better. Mm. Then running, Nancy just turns around, stops. <laughs> and shoots that motherfucker in the knee and she's and, like and why, why would that happen because she keeps that motherfucking thing that's on her that's right <laughs> and she's like you know what would be funny like he, she just blows out his knee just does like an x-ray shot from Mortal Kombat <laughs> and like Duffer Brothers is like we are sorry for the visceral like <laughs> explosion of this dude's leg it's like they have to have that comically long disclaimer at the beginning yeah. of that episode like the boys do Nancy shoots a policeman <laughs> <laughs> We don't it, was very, shoot. it was very expensive in post to make this happen. <laughs> Just the, the disclaimer is something stupid. Like, we don't condone shooting cops, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> and uh, and honestly, as, as you... As you said, this was a very sad episode, and this is when it really starts hitting, because Max, at this point, throughout all the episodes, she's really... And especially after they went to the therapist's house, is mm-hmm. really connected that, like, I am on Vecna's shit list. Well, she I am she, going to be fucked she realizes there's a timeline mm-hmm. and it's about four or five days and she's on her third day yep um and we get like a. it reminds me of it a little bit so she she gathers this information she's like hey i gotta go do this this and this and she goes into her house and begins to write letters yeah and that was hitting me hard and I was just like, it is Damn. it, it kind of reminds you of someone who's about to commit suicide yeah uh or someone who's in a dire situation they can't like someone with cancer mm-hmm. like if they'd done that during thor love and thunder that would have just been a kick in the fucking teeth <sighs> Oof. um but but uh the, the actress that plays max she Sadie Sink. she did a fantastic job this season like mm-hmm. she is a very good actress at being able to convey a bunch of different emotions yeah, she's our carrie character yeah in the horror in the horror aspect mm-hmm. um but she finishes the last one and she decides she sees her mom outside which is the first time we really see the mom for a while yeah other than being drunk and asleep yeah um but she's doing like clothes and shit yeah she's doing putting the clothes on the line which is something we're gonna have to do pretty soon because uh, it's hot <laughs> outside <laughs> very hot i uh, can't wait for 80 degree christmas um but this is where the transition happens it's so fucking seamless it's almost and and it gave me that it vibe of when the kids were like all by themselves or like uh old boy was in the library and like they pan the camera just enough and you see the librarian just standing there with a balloon and you're just like what the fuck is happening and you're like oh fuck it's in a sequence and 
it's all heartfelt in the beginning and then the turn. Yep. Meanwhile, the boys are in the car. Yep. The guys are nope. in the car. Completely unaware, just being like, <sighs> Lucas and Steve and Dustin, they're just like chilling. Mm-hmm. Even kind of being sassy about it, like, what's taking her so yeah. long? And Which is always just makes you feel like a grade A asshole. When yeah. you're sitting here being impatient, just being like, oh, what's taking forever? And then your friend is inside convulsing and having a seizure while talking to a demon. And so she, hop- <laughs> she hops out of it and realizing it's a few more hours, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we need to drive to the cemetery. Where Billy's buried, which I thought was very neat because, you know, Billy died in Hawkins, which is kind of weird because his dad was in the military. Uh, you think he would take the body and bury him somewhere else. But yeah. they left him in Hawkins. Um, and the whole time, you know, she's got her – she she leaves her bag behind. She, all she does is walk up there and takes the letter. And she thinks – you know, and we think it too. It's – because it's foreshadowed that music does it, but we still don't have a clear rule of how it goes. Right. She thinks if you get rid of the trauma, he can't get you, which yeah. isn't true at all. You always have it. You always mm-hmm. carry it with you. Um, and she reads this heart-wrenching letter to Billy, mm-hmm. who's in hell. Yeah. Because um, he is in hell. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Um, so then we get the radio back from Robin mm-hmm. and Nancy and Steve and Dustin. They're yeah, all and Dustin's up. all yelling. I'm like, what took you guys so long? And <laughs> that's when the change is starting the mm-hmm. last phase. And we get this really cool experience with Vecna. Uh, and it's weird saying its name is Vecna. Yeah. Because like, I'm like a D and D fan. I'm like, Vecna's a wizard. But, like, <laughs> uh, but this whole outlook of four pillars he has a plan and there's a third pillar and you're not really sure who that's for it could be nancy we find out later Mm -hmm. or it could be for 11 Mm -hmm. we don't know who the fourth was needed if a fourth at all was needed um but he's talking to her and she's able to bob and weave a little bit which Mm -hmm. is cool yeah um and she's able she's able to do it just enough until she gets caught yeah uh and he's like just relax. It'll all be, be over, over soon. soon. And that's when Nancy and Robin are like play f- her favorite song. What's her favorite song? Mm-hmm. And Lucas is like, I know it. I got mm-hmm. it. There's batteries in the fucking cassette player, which is something me and you worried about the whole fucking time. Yes. Like, are there door cells in that motherfucker? <laughs> like, <laughs> because seriously, because the show does such a good job at kind of like grounding certain elements yeah. and making it realistic. I'm sitting here. I'm well, like, you're doing the shootout. He runs out of bullets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like they, they try. I mean, they, they'll stretch things, of course, but it's like they try to live by at least a little bit of regular standards. And I'm just sitting here. Going, I'm like, I'm waiting for the moment that she's fucking listening to running up that hill. And it's going to be like running up the hill. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just hear and you're like oh shit (laughs) so they're able to put the headphones on her head she starts lifting up which is the final thing and you can see the kind of like the horror in the boys because they like we know what happens Mm -hmm. and they play it loud and a portal opens up for her to escape and the tentacles are kind of falling a little bit Vecna's kind of like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and I think if if I'm not mistaken, he tells her, like he shows her like images of the house in the yes. upside down, and we kind of get an idea of like, okay, this is his central hub mm-hmm. because we we anytime Vecna's in the real world, we see him, or in the upside down, we see like the tentacles, and he's searching for people who are having trauma, mm-hmm. and some of those traumas. I don't know if you paid attention when he was like 
phasing through motherfuckers. They're not really traumas. They're just really weird decisions. Like one girl's like having a decision whether or not to fuck a dude. I'm just like, that's not a trauma unless he rapes you. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? And like, you are just grab bagging some shit, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why he's having to search through. Yeah. So, um, so they play that. They play the song. And Portal opens up, and they do the Carrie covered in blood. She mm-hmm. escapes. Yeah, she's like running up and that hill, and they <laughs> slow the song down just enough, and then they speed it back up as soon as she hits the gate. Boom! And you're thinking, like, man, there's like rocks falling and shit, boulders falling, and everything. The whole place is falling apart, and she's still able to make it through. Because I like one last fuck you would have been a rock just hitting her leg, and her leg just <laughs> break in real life. Oh, because it's the it's basically the Freddy dream sequence. It is. And you die in the dream. You die, die in real, real life. life. Which is bullshit. Um, <laughs> that's not true. You're like, I've died so many times in my dreams. I've killed so many people and they're still alive. <laughs> oh, you've done the killing. You've not. Well, you've not died in your own dream, though. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember that shit. I only remember like a handful of dreams. I had one last night. It was just a movie. It was just like, man, I wrote the best movie ever made. <laughs> it's like Shawshank. <laughs> so, I'd be terrified to see a movie you legit write and directed. Dude, let me tell you uh, later on. I'll tell you about where I think because uh, we've talked about this before. But when I listen to music, I have to picture like a movie scene. Yeah, I was listening to fucking Kill 'Em All on the well, way. Of course up. you were. Of course, yes. Yeah. But hit the lights came on. And I thought this would be great for one X Men movie scene, and I'll tell you about it after the show. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. It involves Jubilee, the shittiest of X Men. <laughs> oh God. But uh, yeah, so it basically ends with her being able to jump through the portal and everyone having their oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh I would have loved, I would have loved them to show in Vecna, be like Adam Driver from Star Wars. God, fuck you, damn it! Just like slight slice a fucking pillar in half. <laughs> fuck, kick a demogorgon. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Like, <laughs> they just point at you. <laughs> That's another thing we kind of find out about the demogorgons. They're natural to the upside down, to yes. wherever where you know where Vecna lives. They're natural. He didn't create them. Mm-hmm. He just uses them as dogs. Yeah, basically. which is pretty cool. Which uh, leads into Chapter Five: The Nina Project. Owen takes Eleven to the abandoned ICBM silo in Nevada. Um, Do you know what ICBM is? Well, if I click that highlighted button right there, it is a inter continental ballistic missile which yes. is also known as a nuke so that's what they're they're in a nuclear silo they could have just put that in wikipedia and just made it well, like easier to read <laughs> <laughs> they're very elaborate on some of these oh yes and um and at that point i uh, owens is still really just kind of convinced her being like look you know you're gonna be a superhero again that's well, how Brenner he comes, well brenner's here well that we we didn't get to that yet so like you know 11 doesn't know that yet and we, the viewer, don't even really know that yet. Mm-hmm. We know he's part of this in some way, but Owens is still just like, hey, everything's going to be cool. We're going to get help you get your powers back, and you're going to go help save your friends, all right? And then Brenner, Papa, turns around, and you just see the shock on Eleven's face of just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so we get this idea, and he teaches, he tells her, like, hey, your powers are gone, but we can get them back. back. And it's like riding a bike. You just have to experience what, what triggered them. And it turns out the deprivation tank is actually just somewhere where you can do flashbacks where she hears nothing, but only sees the security footage that was recorded. Mm-hmm. During she that had time. all these, cause they shaved her head again. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah, else. I fucking hate. It. I was like, really? Do you really have to shave this hair? It's hair really fucking up with the brain. Is there, you just trying to be like professor X. I gotta be bald as shit. Like, oh, I know. I agree. And the thing is, is like, and 
Eleven was happy with her hair. Like she was happy to have hair. Like when you mm. saw her like finally growing it out, that was like one of those scenes yeah. they showed in like season two or three. She was just like I like hair. I hate when they do that as a trope. Like, someone's super smart, they have to be bald. Yeah. I'm just like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. So it's like, like I, I enjoyed that's Jane. A, that's the one highlight than... of the X Men movies with James McAvoy as President X. He's got a fucking badass mane of hair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So they, they shaved the poor girl's head again, which, by the way, Millie Bobby Brown did not shave her head. No. That is a bald cap and a like a prosthetic wig, mm-hmm. which is crazy when you see Millie in real life. How much hair she has! Well, that's a great thing about like industrial light and magic type stuff. You know, you, you pat it down so far, you pin it, scalp it, you know, do everything else. You know, there's a lot of a lot of magic goes along. With oh the, yeah, there's, the, there's the costume a, design. There, there's a lot of gel and mm. slickening back and folding and slickening. Yeah. It's like the thing. <laughs> oh yeah. But no, so pro- again, props to the VFX department. Um, awesome job on that one because they I canceled ge- four Netflix shows to get these guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because I genuinely thought that the actress shaved her head again. I was like, yep. damn, Millie. I mean, you must really like this series, but no, bald cap. Props pays to them. fucking money. Yeah, that's the fucking truth. Because I've only seen her in a handful of other things. Yeah, really. Um, so at that point, Eleven attempts to escape, but then is. Uh, she escapes briefly, but then uh, regains her powers in the process, which convinces her to continue with the experiment. Yeah, so she, she's not powerful enough. No. And, and she's kind of was shown. I forget exactly how she got taken down. I think she just overexerted herself. Yeah. So she got tired. She baby yoded herself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we get some really cool, you know, callback scenes from yes. like back when she was real little, which they did a lot of de-aging and like size modification. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out, you know, out of the group of kids, um, that and this is kind of like it's kind of a plot hole, but it's kind of not. We don't see the kids from season two, but we do find out in the show that there's multiple facilities in a like a one line call away from Owens. He's like, hey, you know, this is the Hawkins facility. You know, this we didn't have this problem at the other facility, which I was I was like, good. You didn't do that because Mm -hmm. they're all a bunch of little white kids. Well, so someone actually went into a dive on that because we see number five Mm -hmm. in season two. Mm. You actually don't see number five in any lineups no because it's the one line dialogue hey there's another facility mm-hmm. for other so, stuff so that that was they they actually went smart on that one number five never showed up in any of the lineups or any of the scenes so she was always safe from the insanity that was ensuing <laughs> but we see what the project nina is about it's about you know bringing back memories that yeah will, and you're know, getting a whole lot up. more of that creepy dude yeah, talking that, with that's 11. real big in uh, the dive uh, episode yes the next episode but we go back to the argyle and the gang <laughs> the scooby gang argyle and the gang uh harman dies in the van <laughs> yes and he's like now i'm carrying a dead dude so they give him a phone number like in the pen there's a phone number yeah for where nina and they need to connect to a modem mm-hmm. 1986 modem yep uh the kids have no idea what the fucking modem really is other and, than that it's a technology that they don't know and, and dustin even goes this is like war games Yes. Uh, and they decide to go to Salt Lake City where Susie lives. Yes. Now, now before they go, before they go, they de- they have to bury Harmon. Yes. Which is a weird team building exercise. <laughs> uh, we need to bury a dead man we 
had something to do with maybe gotten murdered. And Argyle's like, no. No, man, I'm not cool with that shit, bro. <laughs> and I love Will and Mike looking at Argyle and Jonathan like, are we stuck with these two fucking assholes who are higher than shit? Dude, look at that guy. He makes pizza and is higher than Eagle Pussy. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, what the fuck, man? Remember, they're sitting there like, we're veteran killers. Yeah. Our guy was like, I'm not. I'm fucking not, dude. I make pizzas, dude. Dude, I wasn't in NAM. Like, <laughs> I wasn't even in the Cold War, man. Um, And I like how they just decide, like, hey, we know where Susie is. She's in Salt Lake City. It's easy yeah. to find her. Because she was a big help in season three. Yes. Uh, with her never-ending story song. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved Dustin being there with them. But you know you couldn't do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, and then they just cut away back to Russia. Yeah, and Yuri and all them. Yep. Um, so it's like they they pull the bookmark back out, <laughs> and so they bring Hopper back in, and Antonov gets a phone call, and it's the guy on the other end. He's like, "Oh, I turned you in, motherfucker!" And then they swarm him at the phone booth. Yep. Or, it's uh, just like phone. you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So. It, it's kind of like one last yeah because he was just like you know he's like you know the only thing more valuable than two americans a russia that's turned on Mm. his country (laughs) it's just like oh you fucker so they get him on the plane Uh and this is the plane scene which i love uh joyce is actually the one kind of smart enough and like hey you know i could probably get out and murray's like uh i could use my karate on him and Joyce is like, no, 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 no. no who's no, going to fly no. the plane, dumbass? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I could use my karate. They break one of his jars of peanut butter. And peanut butter man didn't like that shit at all. But goddamn, did Murray fuck this dude up. <laughs> dude, they fucked him up. Oh, yeah. Because the entire like, time you're sitting, you're going, it's like, I can't wait for Murray to make an ass of himself. Oh, you get like kicked you, in the teeth or something. Yeah, shit. because if, he's like that guy that says he knows karate, but mm-hmm. doesn't know karate. Yeah, he probably watched some Bruce Lee movies. Yeah, so I'm just like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what the hell. Oh my God. And what was it? My fingers are needles. My fists are iron, and I'm just like my feet are daggers. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? That's actually a quote from like some uh, old sensei or something. Yeah. I, that was on one of those nerdy. But like she says, are you I a watched. black belt? He's like, no, I'm a brown belt <laughs> or some shit. It's like the first belt you get after a white belt. But you know, he puts it on him, dude. He fucks him up, and they crash. Nails <laughs> yes, of course. All the peanut butter's gone. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. J.I.F. <laughs> <laughs> but um. They crash land in the wilderness, but then it cuts back to another scene. Like all it does is crash. We yeah. don't see nothing else. Nope. And you can kind of assume maybe they're dead. They wouldn't kill him. They have no. blood armor. Yep. He has karate and Joyce has psychosis. <laughs> Joyce is Joyce. Yep. But it goes back to the, the cool kids. Yes. Max, Max Lucas, Lucas, Steven, Steven Dustin. Dustin. Uh, and they regroup with Nancy and Robin. Now it's the now it's the group. Yes. Now it's the group of actual people who know what the fuck they're doing. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is my favorite group. I feel like this is like the entire group of kids that, of like people. Actually, I really enjoy the most. Max, Lucas, Steve, Dustin, um, Nancy, and Robin. Those are like all my favorite characters. So like when they were mm. all together, I'm just like, yes, I like this plot. I like the storyline. Yeah. These are so, all my favorites. So they all meet up. And around this time, we didn't really talk about it, but they've been hiding Eddie in a boathouse. Yeah. And Eddie is just like in eating Cheetos, eating fucking SpaghettiOs, anything with O at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm getting tired of this, guys. I'm getting tired of this. Hey, man, I need some fucking help. <laughs> help. 
but help help <laughs> help goddamn it um, <laughs> but the boy uh the, the athletes yeah um it's a warrior's moment kind of situation oh yeah, oh, yeah we gotta find this motherfucker Daddy, oh shit is this the baseline riffs to play but uh they realize that hey the kid's in the boathouse and this is kind of a really fucked up scene because he's in the boat and he's just like paddling like a motherfucker but he's kind of going like in a circle yeah and he's like he's like bobbing and weaving like in the water and I'm just like what the fuck are you doing dude? just paddle the goddamn boat I don't know how to boat. you can play guitar but you can't paddle the boat I can't boat I can't boat um, so they swim after him so it's Jason and Patrick yeah yeah which are one of the two guys and this is the problem I had with it like so Obviously, the one athlete's been having some troubles. Yeah. He gets sucked in. Mm-hmm. He basically drops. Now, this kid sees that. Mm-hmm. The athlete, the coach kid. He sees this shit. Looks at Eddie. And Eddie's like, what the fuck? Freaking out just like him. Yeah. And then out of the water, like the bitch with the sword, <sighs> it's like crumpling up like a goddamn piece of paper. Yep. And he thinks Eddie did it. With <laughs> some weird fucking magic. Yep. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> that kind why? of proves he didn't do it. Actually, it proves that the kid did it. The athlete did it. Because now he knows two of the people murdered. Oh, shit. He's been at both locations. Oh, shit. If I'm a cop, I'm hemming this motherfucker up. Yeah, Get really? Get calm. I thought this is athlete. He was strong enough. Uh-huh. He knew both of them. He may have been involved in drugs. One was a cheerleader. One was his teammate. Maybe Eddie tried to save her. Oh. If I'm a corrupt cop, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> if I'm doing, yeah, I'm playing drugs on the kid. I'm shooting him in the leg, playing some crack on him. Like, this kid's involved in some nasty shit. <laughs> save the D&D kid. Yeah, like, what the fuck? It's not satanic panic. It's just white privilege. Like, <laughs> that's the real satanic panic. Yeah, Ted Bunny did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, this is 1986. All this is happening while Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bunny are just moonwalking across the country, uh, just killing motherfuckers and eating them. So, There's like, it's a good thing this Vecna thing's happening. It's yeah, really taking the heat. What a time to be alive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the cops show up. Yeah. Uh, Vecna, this is his third. So he only needs four. Yep. And Max was the fourth. Um so he kind of he kind of speeds up his plan a little bit, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah. Um, and the cops show up, and Eddie's gone. Yeah. Eddie's back in the woods. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Stay <laughs> away, Eddie. And that kind of like uh, dovetails our fucking last episode of episode five. Uh, I don't, I remember this was the episode me and you watched, and we saw we're like, oh man, what a what an episode, and then we're like. Getting up, stretching. Oh yeah, because yeah, and, it, and was, it started. To well, it was continue right, watching. Like, well, because uh, one of the things we kind of glossed over was um, they all run off. Uh, the the fun crew go run off to, in, to investigate the Creel House, and mm-hmm. while they were doing that, they kind of realize all the connections and all that weird stuff. And I think they find. Well, they find out light. Yes, uh, the light bright situation type yes. thing. Uh, it activates when Vecna's around, when there's light or when there's movement within the underneath mm-hmm. underground under whatever yeah upside down upside down whatever yeah so it's like we were finding out like some really cool like in-universe rules and you know situations that were going to clearly come into play later and yeah the way they wrapped up this episode was just like all right bravo that's cool because we heard it was going to be split into two uh two parts so we're just like okay this makes a logical sense for them to stop what what a what a bookend what a bookend this is just great and then i look at the tv and it says next episode and it starts loading i'm like what the fuck Uh uh-huh and we were like 
We have one more episode. Well, because when we watched, I looked at my phone. Hey, when did this? Ep- when did the new episodes? It was like the twenty third, and it's just like, oh man, we gotta wait two days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wrong. Fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. So we were just like, okay, cool. We have one more episode, and we said that for like three episodes. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, episode six, or chapter six, rather, Mm. The Dive. And uh, at this point, this is when we start getting a lot more of the backstory of the uh, orderly, the little creepy dude, Mm. that's kind of been lurking in the corner and just having little choice things to say every so often. But throughout this episode, we really get a lot more, not really of his backstory, but just a lot more of who and what he is. And the lab. We get a lot of the lab story. Yes. It turns out she was being ostracized. She was being bullied by the other kids by two three four and five the mm-hmm. older kids well it's and because brenner was kind of taking a liking to 11 more saw a lot more potential yeah. in 11 was still nurturing the other kids but at the same time in, in his fucked up way he would encourage and then discipline it that is it's the same thing as like telling the kids you know yeah you can have cookies before dinner but then fussing at them for eating the cookies before yeah. dinner it's like you're you're fostering this uh, animosity toward 11 but anytime they act on it you know they get beaten essentially yeah. well it, it it in this episode alone there's two stories of this so mm-hmm. we have you know favoritism a uh, a tribe mentality all right she doesn't fit and one of the things they do is one-on-ones and which is a fucked up kind of a situation because he makes the smallest kid fight the strongest kid. Yeah. And they whittle down and whittle down and like, hey, you know, last man standing gets an extra hour of flight time and 11's the last one. And the the orderly, um, Vecna or whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, basically tells him, he's like, don't, don't shrink away from this. You got this. Mm-hmm. And holy shit. It's like an X-Men fight almost. Oh, yeah. And she puts that motherfucker down. Wham! And that's that was the turn of the group. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, she's being babied because she has this power. That means I'm not worth anything to the yep. group. So now the group turns into a tribe against her. Um, and we get that in, in the other half of the episode, which, yeah. you know, we're, we're not, I'm going to gloss over, but Hopper... Mm-hmm. is sent to the other prison yeah now they talk about hey you know if you escape you know you'll sent, be sent to somewhere worse mm-hmm. and then you'll die right like it's guaranteed death that's because they feed them to a demogorgon yeah <laughs> um and it's a last man standing kind of thing mm-hmm. Same and setup. they do the last meal which i thought was kind of weird yeah and i'm like why are they doing this and then i realized very quickly it was oh no they're fattening these guys up. Yeah. Like pigs. Yep. And, you know, Hopper, Hopper, and uh, he speaks a little bit of Russian, but not enough. So he uses Yuri as a fucking, or not Antov. Yeah. Yeah. As a translator. He's like, I fought this fucking thing before. <laughs> you ain't going to fight it. No. No. I'm t- I'll am tell you how and to kill it. And this is actually the first time we're really hearing Hopper speak. Yeah. In this whole series. Like, any other time he's spoken, it's been just in very short, like, can you do yada yada? Okay. But this is like the first time we're really hearing him talk. And it's interesting that it's the first time we're really hearing him speak in full sentence dialogue is when he's talking about his past. I got a werewolf vibe 
like the like the howling like when, yeah. they're, when they're sitting around talking about the werewolf in the woods yeah they're like nah i've seen it it tore three men down before i could escape like or the jaws conversation where he talks about the the shark or the it's got dark eyes like doll's eyes i'm just like yep like mikey like mikey <laughs> he's got doll's eyes. that's what uh tiki like saying about he's like he's got doll's eyes man <laughs> all the shrooms he takes in the woods <laughs> And, but uh, right before all that happens, uh, the gang actually show up to Susie's house. And let's talk about Susie's house. <laughs> I have no idea what kind of like situation is going on in that house. It seems like a fucking asylum. Well, they're definitely fucking. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of goddamn kids. <laughs> but they're latchkey kids. And they're all in the same house. Two of them are actors. Like, two of them want to be, like, horror actors. One's, like, the fucking Scorsese. Yes. He's like, give me a death rattle. Yes. <laughs> One's a wild fucking animal. Uh-huh. Susie's the only one with some semblance of fucking straightforwardness. But she's risky as shit because she's on the roof fucking with an antenna. Yeah. And they're all just wild fucking children. At first, I thought her parents were probably dead in the couch <laughs> or something. Like, like, dead in a freezer. Like, yes. But we see that uh, there is a babysitter of sorts, which is probably the oldest sibling. Yeah. Uh, the mom figure, but who's also probably the oldest kid. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. sounded like Shameless. It was. It was like Shameless. And love at first sight mm-hmm. for a Argyle. Oh, yeah. He's like, what's up? I'm just like, God damn it. And I'm sitting here going, I'm like, Argyle would like totally chill with all these kids and just be like, yeah, they're just all my little dudes. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, I, I I love that we finally got to see like a bigger view of Susie's house. And one of the uh, those nerd videos I watched uh, pointed it out. And it's just a fun little piece of continuity. On the wall is all of the kids' names. Mm. And it kind of works like a school where you have like the sticker system. Mm. You know, and, and all of the kids had zero marks except for Susie. She had one mark. And it's because she changed Dustin's grade no. in the system in the first episode and she like, got she, caught for it and she, str- no, she didn't get caught she told on herself oh yeah that's what it was because yeah, yeah, yeah. she has guilt yes which is fucking stupid <laughs> she's like my Jesus photo and I just felt well, guilty she's a, she's a Mormon yeah because they're in Salt Lake City yeah. most likely she's a fucking Mormon and that's why there's always so many fucking kids um but that's why she couldn't really fully help is because she's like, she got my, I got my computer So they conned Susie into saying, hey, there's going to be a new Nintendo out soon. Yeah. They're basically caught her to the fake Super Nintendo that's coming in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just love the con on that one. She's like, hey, we just need to find this, this, and this. And they're like, what the fuck is the internet? She's like, it's the goddamn future. Boop, boop, boop. Click. <laughs> and I just would last fuck you yep. to these fucking houses. Like, I'm the king of internet. <laughs> And it's like, this is war games. So like, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so uh, after uh, Hopper and them have their big rallying speech, uh, Hopper does wind up uh, pickpocketing a lighter, which you're kind of wondering, it's like, you know, oh, is he going to try use, you know, fire against it? But at the same time, you're like, what's a little flame going to fucking do for it's all a little this? Zippo. Yeah. And like, Zippos don't go out. Uh, well, well, that's well, that's the thing. Let's think about Zippos. That's, <laughs> that's, that, that's the that's the product that you like, you know, flick a bick. Yeah. You know, it flicks every time. But uh, no, they they do the whole fake fight, mm-hmm. and he pickpockets, and he's like, "We got a chance now." Yep. And then he asks, he's talking about who is this Joyce and this Eleven you're talking about, and he's like, "It's my family." And then we hear about Antov's family. Yep. My his son. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, "We got to fight them all, man." 
and it's that million he's like american we got a one in a million shot which i look like that's a that's a cool little callback constantly it it's just like and it kind of sets the stage of failure a little bit like these guys can die oh yeah please, 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 like we're, we're told before the season even starts like five people of major importance will die and i'm just like that's season five <laughs> i hope they all die really at the end and it's all a giant D D game <laughs> They're all older, played by fucking act- we'll older see, actors. That, well, see, that's the overarching um, theory right now, is that the Duffer Brothers are basically adapting that very first D&D book yeah. and just calling it Stranger Things. Yeah. So that's... It's, because... If it's all a dream sequence or some shit like that, it's going to be pissing off a lot of people. No, I don't think it'd be a dream sequence, but just like an a version, an adaptation of that first book as a multi-part series. Yeah. I can imagine them all older, like Jessica Chastain, fucking Bill Hader, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> fucking all of them just sitting around, sitting around a table, just talking like, hey, man, we were back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> we had some wild games, man. Yeah. It was all just a game. And it's all set in like 2000. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so Joyce and Murray kind of do like an alt decision for old uh, Aunt uh, Yuri. Yes. He's like, we can leave you here. And let the bears get you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my God, Murray would never do that. <laughs> He's well, not a fucking monster. <laughs> but at this point, I love when Yuri starts talking in the accent, like he does like that quick shave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, hello. <laughs> yeah. And M- well, Murray speaks Russian. Yeah. And like he did, he pretend, because no, he's pretending to be Yuri. Well, he finds out no one's actually ever seen Yuri. Yeah. They just know Yuri. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's able to. Uh, gag this motherfucker and like walk in with yeah. two hostages no security basically he's just like hey tell me what's going on he's like oh man you're about to see the coolest fight you've ever seen in your fucking life look at this fucking ludus we created with uh these people that are going about to die <laughs> so we'll call him we like to watch this a lot <laughs> uh and it's like oh man they're going to prepare like this is going to be the fight with yeah. Damon gorgon um and then it cuts again yeah and, and I will say, some people, like, some shows would have a really hard time juggling these this many plot points and making it mm. kind of flow. But it's like, at no point did I feel like we were getting yanked around. Mm. It felt like everything just kind of flowed the right way. Some moments were like, oh, that's the end of that part, man. Oh, we're going to have to wait a little. I'm going to have to wait 30, 40 minutes till we go back to it. I but. think what it was, they were trying to tell a coherent story mm-hmm. in a linear timeline, like a lateral timeline. Not yes. a linear, but a lateral. Yeah, yeah. So like, hey, while, while this is going on, they're over here. While this is going on, they're over here. There's only one part where it doesn't make sense, where it's nighttime in both areas. And I'm just like, <laughs> it can't be nighttime in Russia. It'd be nighttime in the Midwest. Okay, like, well, let's, 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 let's knock that shit out. All Stop right. it. All right, I know about time. <laughs> I know about chronomancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and again, it's the weirdest things that take us out of shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I swear to God. I saw it was like nighttime at both times. I was like, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Um, at this point, uh, uh, Jason Galavans, uh, galvanizes, Hawkins, galvanizes uh, Hawkins residence into a town hall meeting against Eddie because of the supposed, supposed satanic cult. And, and this, this is, is again, I'll, those moments where you're just like, <laughs> I hate I this it. motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. People loved watching this motherfucker die. Oh, yeah. Like, I, it, it was another meme of what would you feed the characters, and it showed Jason as, like, a bullet. <laughs> I'd feed that motherfucker a bullet. Yes. <laughs> but he tells him. He, he, he's the 
he's that bitch from the mist. Yes. He's like, this is God's judgment. Uh-huh. These are Satanists. These are unchristians who are terrorizing our town. Mm-hmm. The thing in the mall, that was a lie. The cops are lying. At no point do the cops like step down from the stage, baton that motherfucker in the back of the neck, pull a gun, pop in a church and be like, listen, motherfuckers. <laughs> We're the goddamn government. Shut the fuck up. I know. He was getting away with a lot more free speech than because they would have allowed cop, in the mid-80s. That wasn't Hopper. Because <laughs> Hopper would hop down that motherfucking stage, put him in a headlock. He's like, you see this? This is how I take the air out of every fucking one of you. All right? Look at him. Watch the light leave his eyes. I'll kill him. I swear to God, I'll fucking kill him. Like, we'll never win a basketball game again. <laughs> Because Hopper don't fuck around. But yeah, yeah, this kid was getting a whole lot more free speech on a government stage than you would have gotten yeah. in 1986. <laughs> and then we go, you know, and then we're coming back to the cool crew. Yes, the cool crew. I, favorite crew, best crew. Uh, the Steve crew. Um, so at this point, <laughs> they're kind of deciding how to split up. Well, well, they find the rock. Yeah. The, uh, the certain rock or whatever. And Dustin and Steve get in this weird-ass argument about how a compass works. Yes. And he's like, look, you motherfuckers. <laughs> there's something wrong. Uh, yeah. All right? And he's, and he's just like, no, no, you just don't know how to use a compass, dude. <laughs> and I'm just like, if I was Dustin, I'd be like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, be, fuck you, mom. Yeah, fuck you, mom. Well, now he has two strong single parents. Yes. Eddie and Dustin. Eddie and Steve. <laughs> well, but that's also kind of caused a little bit of a rift between mm-hmm. Steve and Dustin also because Dustin's been spending a lot more time with Eddie and Steve is kind of hurt by it a little bit but is like totally not willing to admit it even mm-hmm. to himself. Yeah. So I guess Steve's doing his own thing with Robin. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, he's going out with random fucking girls that try to meet up to the standard of Nancy. <laughs> and he's become, he's a man. Yeah. And so is Eddie. Mm-hmm. But like, they're the diametrically opposite of what they would be in school. You yep. know, uh, a guy who's failed, who plays fucking punk rock music or something, does mm-hmm. D&D, and Steve, who graduated with probably good grades and an athlete. Yeah. So, you know, you got two sides of a coin. hmm And um, it kind of creates a cool dynamic for Dustin. Yeah. So, like, uh, because he could be either or, you know, but it's Dustin. It's Dustin. It's just Dustin. He, he's going to be his own thing. Yeah. Um, so they trace, they realize there's another gate that, mm-hmm. uh, when Ale probably closed the gate, none of the gates open, but they don't know why. Um, and this is kind of like a cool little callback to where these people die. Mm-hmm. And we got a little flashback, like a, in a few episodes beforehand, of uh, the agents going to Eddie's trailer and seeing that big giant, what looks like a mold spot. And it's yeah. actually, that's a gate too. Yep. So wherever the kids die, there's a gate. Yep. And, and Dustin kind of is able to extrapolate that a little bit, but it's not before they talk with Susie. Yeah. That no, not Susie. Um, Erica, I yeah. think. No, well, they're, or was they're it able Max? To, well, well no, Dustin's able to say like, look, wherever they go, because he's the compass mm-hmm. because it works like a North Pole. Yeah. And so the compass is pointing north, where it's actually should be west or some shit. So they follow the compass, and it's in the middle of a fucking lake. Yeah. And then we get the whole Robin, Eddie. Nancy and Steve mm-hmm. while Max, Dustin, Lucas look on in horror <laughs> while this the group dynamic is separated by like a mile. Yeah. But it's a terrible mile. <laughs> they cannot follow. Uh, and this is a really cool scene because they're in the boat and Eddie's just like freak, still like realizing what's going on. He basically saw a dude's soul leave his body. Mm-hmm. And 
the, rest of the, the rest of the group are calm because yeah. this isn't their first run. Even Robin's like, I fought Russians in a basement of a mall. <laughs> I'm the shit. All right, get fucked. Yeah, uh, I'm cooler than you. And I like how Steve's like, I'm gonna dive down there. It just takes his shirt off. Yeah, and like you look at Eddie, like, God damn it, <laughs> fuck you, dude. And Nancy's like, she's not even in the water, but she's wet as hell. Like, <laughs> So she doesn't slip off that fucking boat, dude. Like, <laughs> Whoops. And Robin's just like looking at Nancy, like, yeah, I get a piece of that. <laughs> and not looking at Nancy and like saying, uh-huh. and just like, I'm so Nancy didn't look at Robin and like look at Steve and like, why aren't you looking at Steve? And Robin's just like, <laughs> well, it's like, okay, now here's the new meme. It's like Steve takes the shirt off, Robin's staring Steve, I mean, uh, Nancy's staring Steve down, Robin's staring Nancy down, and you just see Eddie off in the corner staring off the space, and he's got a thought bubble of his guitar. Yeah. <laughs> he shot his, his, this is the tabs for master of yes <laughs> that motherfucker learned in two weeks yep that's all we had to do in that boathouse <laughs> is it down is it down no <laughs> how but, am I gonna do the drums by myself <laughs> but yeah so uh, Steve winds up diving down to inspect it and then he winds up getting yanked into the upside down and where this they is find out cool, it's a portal and this is a cool shot actually because yeah. it reminds me about another horror movie that came out not long ago because as above so below and they do a cool shot of so like here's the hole and they see in in that movie they see the hole above them and they mm-hmm. have to get up there but it's actually below no it's below them there's a hole and it's like and you look at it and it's the sky mm. and so they're basically doing this number yeah where crawling up and then around and it's yeah. like and steve's getting fucked up like i thought steve legitimately was going to fucking die i did too yeah so by the time he gets yanked into the upside down um a tendril uh yeah he just basically gets yanked because he's as soon as he gets kind of close to it one of those tendrils that vecna has kind of has coming out of his back yep steps on one you never step on it it's a hive mind they're gonna find you he gets yanked on in and then all these fucking bats fucking start ascending on him just munching on him and i'm just like Oh fuck! I do like the fact that when uh, Steve's about to jump in the water, Dustin's like, "Why is he taking his shirt off?" Yeah, and Louis is like, "Let me see." Yeah, what the fuck is he doing? Max is just like, "I got it." It is just like ogling Steve. Yeah, <laughs> and then Nancy and Robin are like, "We got to jump in there." And Eddie's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Fuck him! He's dead!" Like, no, no, no! What are you doing now? He's left alone in the boat. And he's yeah. like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> Last time I was in a boat, I saw a man come out of the water and die. <laughs> like it's, it's a great little face he makes. Like, oh fuck, who am I hanging out with? Yeah. These goddamn Suicide Squad motherfuckers. I thought I knew did some shit in D and D. What the fuck is this? And that's where the cops show up in the woods. Yeah, and they're like, oh fuck, I found a murderer. I found a body. Found a body. And this like Dustin Lucas and them is a dip. Uh huh. And Max is with them. And it's like we got to distract them from the other crew yes which works out pretty good in the long run it does and it leads us into chapter seven the massacre at hawkins lab i would love to see just an album cover called the massacre like some bad out of hell type artwork oh my god you know it and it would just be like one of those cool drawings you do i don't know if you did an art school where you draw a hallway Mm -hmm. but it's just blood bloody handprints doors half open claws marks everywhere i'm just like I think that's you, buddy. Yeah, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Metal as fuck. 
<laughs> no, I do shit similar. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, chapter seven opens up with Joyce, Murray, and Yuri uh, basically sitting there witnessing Hopper and his fellow prisoners fighting the Demogorgon. And Hopper's doing a pretty good job holding the creature back with the flame spear that he's made. And yeah. the entire time... He's lighting up, trying to light uh, that motherfucker. My heart is racing. Oh, yeah. Because I'm sitting here going, I'm like, he forgot, there's no fluid. There's no fluid in the fucking Zippo. Yeah, because you kept playing with it, that's why. Yeah, and it's just like, pff, 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 nothing. And I'm like, God damn Well, the vodka, God like, even, it. It was, even if it was, a, like, the flick should have lit the vodka on fire anyway. But yeah. I'm just like, God damn it, dude, this is a tense. Yeah, so he finally gets it lit, and he's like, he's he's actually doing this. He's holding his own at this point. Um and it allows Murray and Joyce to subdue the guards to open up the prison doors. Uh, uh, Hopper and Antov escape, but barely. Like, they are, like, trying to slam this door in the fucking face. And, like, Hopper does, like, this boss fucking move where he just, like, throws the spear mm-hmm. and it just goes, like, straight down the Demogorgon's throat. Oh, no, this, this, is, is, like, this is a knuckle-dragging fight. Yeah. And, like... I love Murray is trying to tell that commander. He's like, open the fucking gate. And he's like, don't do it. You'll kill us all. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, that is drive. This yeah. dude's going to shoot you in the face. And you said you'd rather die, get shot in the face, and let everyone get killed by this goddamn creature. And then eventually he was just like, no, from Mother Russia. Yep. Like, and then he's like, yep. And then just like stood there. It was just like held tight. He's like, nope, not doing it. Yep. But they do get the door open for a quick. And now they're stuck, kind of stuck mm-hmm. in like a. Uh, uh, a breach room. Yeah. Stuck between a rock and a hard base. <laughs> yeah. And I would have loved like a song to play while that fucking fight was going on. You know, that would have been cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I, w- I kept thinking, what would be a good song to fit that scene? And I'm just like, there's not a lot of good songs that would fit that fight scene. Yeah. That would have made sense. Um, Jump in the fire. No, that comes dun, later. Dun, 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 that comes dun, later. Dun, dun. <laughs> You're like, not yet. Not yet. Not yet for that one. That's when Murray gets the flamethrower. Oh shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Like they're running like, like they're running through the lab. Dun 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 Jump out the fire. Whoosh. But uh, but yeah, so they're kinda in that little middle section and then all of a sudden one of the doors open, they're freaking out. But it's Joyce. And Joyce finally gets to see Hopper for and the that, very that first a, time. That is a fucking mind fuck of a scene. <sighs> yeah. No, and, and and the thing is, is both actors... Because you felt nice that he had peanut butter. Oh, God. And now he's like, he's that, got his girl back. That paled in comparison to that hug and kiss he got. Yeah. It's just like, fuck peanut butter. <laughs> but no, it's like, that That was one of those... That, that scene played so well because of the actors and actresses involved. They mm. sold it so well. Because they've got a great chemistry together. Joyce and Hopper. Yeah. I, I think they really have a great on-screen chemistry. So I think if it had been with almost anyone else, it wouldn't have worked quite as well. Yeah. But between those two, it worked extremely well. But yeah. around this time, you know, it's Nancy, mm-hmm. Steve, Eddie, and Robin. Now they're in upside down. Yeah. And they're in kind of a tight spot. But before we get to that part, it's uh, <laughs> Dustin, Lucas, and Erica hanging out. They're hanging out at Mike's house, which... The parents have all united because their kids are basically targets for a mob. Yeah. Um, it's the first time you see all the parents interacting with each other. Yes, because it, well, they make eye contact during, the, during this town hall. They're like, he's talking about killing our kids. Mm-hmm. And you see Dustin's mom, Mike's mom and dad, Erica and her parents. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like in a really fucked up kind of way. Yeah. 
And, and it's like even all those super conservative, respectful parents are even just kind of sitting here going like, "You're out of your goddamn mind, kid." Yeah, yeah even our even they're just like, "We come from a God fearing Bible Belt area, but even you're acting a little crazy." We know our kids aren't into Satanism because they play this little fantasy game. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the cops show up mm-hmm. and they question them one by one. And I like this whole like prisoner's dilemma kind of like shut the fuck up fuck the police like <laughs> kind of idea uh, don't tell the cops a goddamn thing yeah. fuck them <laughs> fuck the police yeah um and they realize that you know there is a correspondence with the light and mm-hmm. communication between them. and the fact that they're at mike's house yeah tells a lot because mike's house is very structured yeah uh and you forget that they have another sibling uh-huh. I keep forgetting that that they have a small younger sister the whole fucking time. Yeah. And I was thinking, don't you're gonna kill a child, aren't you? you <laughs> um, but yeah, so Dustin and Lucas uh, theorize with Erica that uh, the gates are where each of the murders happen. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because I think it was Erica that even brought up a point of just being like, you know, well, how do we not know, you know, this is part of a greater plan and, you know, that other portals aren't opening mm-hmm. from these spots. Well, so they're in the upside down. Yeah. Our top tier characters. Yes. Our teenagers. Upside, teenagers are in the upside down. And Nancy's first thought, we're going to my house because it corresponds with everything. And what does Nancy go to their house for? She's Guns. got a fucking AK-47 that she stashed after the massacre at the mall. And I'm just like, hell yeah. <laughs> They're going to get some guns. They're going to be lit. It's going to be the shit. Because <laughs> Nancy. My, it's my fucking jam. <laughs> and then they realize, oh shit, the Upside Down was created at one point in time. Yes, the day uh, Will disappeared. Yes. First time. The first time. And so I do find this interesting. So... <sighs> Later on in the episode, we do learn a little bit more, so we'll get back to it. But the one question that they still haven't fully given an answer to, and I don't know if they ever will, was why was the Upside Down created? It was a, it's a habitat for Vecna. But that, well, okay, let, let, let's go ahead and get to the end of that. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that, but yeah. put a pin in that. I think that's yeah. something we need so, to talk about. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, both parties uh, reunite. Well, before uh, they do that, they're they're at her house. Yeah, they're at Nancy's house, and they hear the kids talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "We got to figure this shit." Out. And they did. They do the light bright trick. Yes, which works better than a fucking shit ton of lights. <laughs> well, Will didn't think of that. I know, but God damn it! Thank <laughs> you for like, changing this up a little bit. <laughs> light bright that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, but they all grab. Uh, it's the bike scene. Yes. Everyone grab a bicycle. Yes, and the and parents pedal like were a on bikes. The kids were on bikes. And I'm just like, the parents are like, where the fuck are the kids? Yeah. And they're like, hey, you little bastard. Erica pulls out a fucking knife and goes, and like, punctures the cop's tire. Yeah. I'm like, bitch, you're going to jail <laughs> for destruction of property. <laughs> and it's the 80s. They're going to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun. But yeah, they'd all meet up at Eddie's trailer. Yeah. And they're all able to get through the portal mm-hmm. and i like that they try to get through the portal and one of them falls through yeah and they're like fuck this and get a mattress <laughs> and, and he's just like yeah that, that stain on the mattress yeah don't, don't worry about that yeah yeah, yeah. he's a don't this is fine but it's right fine. before right before all of them get out nancy gets stuck 
Yeah. And Steve is freaking the fuck out. Rightfully, he should. As I was, too. Because, again, Nancy's one of my favorites. And I'm like, I all of a sudden, turned, I was joking about this at the end of the episode. I was like, I was turned into John Rudcorn. Not my sweet nan-nan. No, not my sweet nan-nan. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Leave her alone. And this, this one felt like a longer episode just because of, you know, the conciseness of the story. Oh, yeah. Um, and so she, he doesn't target her as a sacrifice because he's already got Max on the plan. Yeah. He's targeting her to give a message to yep. Ale. And this kind of like solidified my idea of who the fuck Vecna was. Because mm-hmm. uh, at the end of this episode, it's the massacre. Yes. But real quick before we get to that, as soon as I saw that Nancy was gotten, I'm sitting here going, what the fuck? Why Nancy? Like, I think that's why everyone was just, or like my immediate reaction was just like, no, 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 no. Because you thought this wasn't going to be a problem. You find out the reason he was even able to make a connection with her is because she still had guilt about Barb because she left Barb by the pool to go fuck Steve. <laughs> and I think that in like a season five going in, um, him bringing some characters back who were killed as not like a final battle, but like a constitution battle. Yeah. Rise of, of the dead kind of thing. Yeah, like If they do a return of the dead shit, they start playing some punk. Yeah, guys, I, 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 I wish I had a camera because Chris's face just lit up when I said Rise of the Dead. Yeah. They do a Return of the Living Dead Part 3 kind of situation. It's like, do you want a party? And I'm just like, fuck yeah. And he's a zombie in the background just oh, yeah. ripping on some Metallica. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> no, he's playing some Colt 45 or some shit. But uh, we get the... Uh, we get the great flashback because Brenner's actually pulls out that last tape. Uh-huh. Because we've still been flashing back every so often to the Nina project with yeah. Eleven getting a little bit more back history, more weird stuff with the mm. orderly Vecna, which you find out very soon. Well, they we f- find out like she gets attacked and her skull gets fractured. Yes, because and- he pulls out that tape puts it in and it's the day that the massacre we've been yep. seeing hinted to this entire time play out well Brenner actually uses a fucked up tactic on one of the kids that did it mm-hmm. someone speak up and tell me what happened to Eleven yep and he puts a collar on him and beats the dog shit out of him like he's an animal yeah and that's what I was saying back to the you know yeah you can have a cookie and then five minutes later why did you take the cookie yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but no it's it's the end of days in that fucking lab oh yeah uh because the orderly shows her how to escape because mm-hmm. she thinks her time is up she thinks she's gonna be murdered yeah uh well it's because he, all the kids are kind of plotting against her. Yeah. And, and he's even telling her that he's like look they're they going you. to kill you they'll fucking kill you uh and he shows her the great which he escapes uh, out of later on mm-hmm. and he tells him and this this kind of solidified it for me before you even showed the tattoo was I have a thing in my neck. As, yep, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, it's, it's number one. It's yeah. number one. Yeah, and he shows his tattoo. He's like, look, I'm I'm lab prime, basically. I'm number one prime. Yeah. And as soon as they take that inhibitor chip out, I knew this is going south mm-hmm. real fucking quick. And then I realized, you know, it kind of solidified my thoughts that he was Vecna that yeah. he is the big bad throughout the whole show yes because um, I watched like after we didn't after we done our little spiel before we went to the last two episodes was I watched the thing saying hey when you first see Will get uh, disappear you see a shadow of a person not mm-hmm. a Demogorgon but a 
person. Yes. And it's like, do you really think that the Duffer Brothers were planning that far ahead? And that's a hard thing to say. You know, I want to say yes. Yeah. Because, well, the reason being is uh, the actor that plays uh, Dustin, mm. during a press run for season one, he kind of gave plot points of season four, mm. where he said he... Uh, he thinks that it's one of the other numbers that created the upside down, and that's what they're having to deal with. So I honestly think the Duffer Brothers had it in mind, kind of gave them that o- thought of an overview, and knew that was just like, by the time we get to this, then the kids are going to yeah. forget. <laughs> and so we see that Eleven realizes she's not the cause of the massacre. It actually was one because yeah. he removes that inhibitor chip and then he yeah. just goes nutty. Starts fucking. He tries, to, he tries to tell Eleven, look, his name's Henry. Yeah. Uh, and he tells him, he's like, let me tell you how it got here. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the haunted house scene. But it's from his perspective. He yes. was torturing his family one by one until they died. And because the radio clicked on, he used too much of his power to kill his dad. And then he just fainted. Yep. Or faked his faint. And his dad's fate was sealed. Okay. Um, and I do like the aesthetic they do because when you see Henry as a child, you're thinking, okay, it's probably like the early 50s. Mm-hmm. No, it's the late 60s. Or it's like the mid-60s. Yeah. That makes more sense because that aesthetic doesn't really change. Right. And I was thinking like timeline-wise, how old would this motherfucker be in 1979? Mm-hmm. He'd probably be born in 1959 if he was 20 because he looked like he's probably about 20 yeah so it's probably the mid 60s um and that bothers me a lot of like that first first thing i do when i watch the show what's the timeline of this what's going going on what's going on because when you talk about chernobyl i'm just like it's 1986 but it's not july of 86 (laughs) it's almost there it's almost almost there there. i know you you want to see a nuclear factory breakdown in ukraine i do watch transformers i I think that that would just be a cool thing for stranger things come on man but um she overpowers Henry. Yes. And because he's like, it's the join me or die. Yeah, it's like, the Darth Vader oh, thing. God. What a yoke. <laughs> <laughs> and she overpowers him and she sends him to hell. Yeah. So, and, and at that point, so it's like you even get the cool little scene of, you know, him falling through the upside down, getting shocked like a motherfucker, turning in him to, you know, partial of the monster that we see yeah. throughout the series, you know, and it's just a whole bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of flashing scenes until just the very end. But it was also another cool look of it was while Nancy was trapped in the upside down, Vecna was showing her his past. Yeah. Mirroring Henry telling Eleven mm. about his past. And it worked really cool because it's like during certain scenes you would see stuff and then you'd see Nancy kind of like peering off in the corner like observing it. But it's yeah. like it's an interesting concept because Nancy wasn't hearing what Henry was saying. Yeah. Nancy was only seeing what was happening. Yeah. So that was just a really cool blending of the two where it's like you have the narration to 11 versus what Nancy's only seeing and how it all just tied together. Yeah, and it, 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 it's a cohesive story. Like, if they had ended it here, if they had just ended it here and didn't do the last two episodes that we'll do in the next another episode, yeah, 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 yeah. that would have been okay. Yeah, it, it would have been a gut punch. Yeah. But, like, he turns her loose and she gets out. And now it's, all right, everybody, we're spread thin. Three of them are in Russia. A couple of them in California. Mm-hmm. A couple of them are in, you know, the main group is still in Hawkins. And it's not looking good. No. 
And so this, this, so this is the point I wanted to kind of talk about, and this is a good moment too, because it's essentially where they end the episode anyway. So Eleven overpowers Henry, knocks him up against the wall, you know, and ah, Avengers Infinity War in games mm-hmm. dusts him into a greasy splat onto the wall mm-hmm. into the upside down. Now, it was shown that the first time... Well, the upside down was created the day that Will disappeared. Mm-hmm. So does that mean No, no, so so Vecna created the upside down to mirror Hawkins right. the day Will disappeared. Right. When when Henry hits the upside down, it is a barren wasteland. Yeah, he are, the upside down is already created. Yeah, so so the upside down as we know it was mm-hmm. a different Platform. He created Hawkins as a mirror. Okay. So he creates his own habitat to stalk and murder people that he feels. And he goes after the most vulnerable. Who's more vulnerable than a child on a bicycle trying to get to the woods to his house? Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, we see he goes in the minds of people. And that's how he's able to form Hawkins itself. He's using the visuals that he's seeing through the eyes of other people. Okay. So he's creating a a familiar void to terrorize these people. Like when he goes after Max, it's in the trailer park. Mm-hmm. It's a mirror of the trailer park. When he goes after Will and Barb, when we see Barb, she's at a pool with no water because Vecna sees what she sees. He can't create water. But he can create the pool itself. Okay. So he's he's facilitating a terror area. What's more terrifying than a place? What's more like you feel safe at home? Mm-hmm. But what's more terrifying than a home you don't recognize? Exactly. Okay. Like Got it's like it. it's like walking into a house that's burnt out. You're like yeah. you lived in this house, but yeah. now it's all burnt out. Now it's kind of fucking scary. Yeah. Like this was a possibility of you being here. Mm-hmm. So he's doing the whole burnt out abandoned house kind of thing right. but with the whole fucking neighborhood right now we don't really see him at full strength until later on because he's you know he's ramping up because yeah. if, if, if you look at it he gets more powerful the same as 11 gets more powerful it just takes time and he's and he's got the long game because oh, yeah. no one knows he exists now he sends little things here and there like episode one let me send one of these dogs I got mm-hmm. like you can argue it's alien plane that he lives on. Yeah. Like Jupiter or some shit. Right. Beetlejuice does the same thing when they go to Saturn. It's hilarious. Um, he sends one. Because he only has to send one. Because Brenner, his enemy, mm. not on the level of 11, but still his enemy, is trying to fuck with his shit. Yeah. And, you know, we probably will get some more backstory on it in the next season. But how long did it take Brenner to start sending people through that void? Did he do it the next day? Or did he wait? And why is it so fascinating to him that there's a town that mimics his place? Well, I feel like anyone would be a little but like, but like how long, by but that. But time-wise, how long did it take? Like, when they first arrived, did, were they murdered immediately? Yeah. And Probably. How long, and how long did... Well, I mean, they kind of go in it when he's doing his exposition, but also, mm. how long did it take for Henry Vecna one to create mm. that mirror dimension version? like Or the, the mirror of Hawkins? Well, we see, well, we see 11 he, out of very young younger than she was season one almost she looks like she's about five Mm -hmm. the boys are in middle school they're probably seventh grade that's a long that's two three years yeah Yeah. all right that's that's a very long time 
So he's been ramping up, feeding his dogs on people who are going into the upside down because of Brenner. Yeah. And Brenner's still doing his fucking research, fucking with it, stealing shit probably. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, you know, on a horror aspect, it works great. It's mm-hmm. no different than the world that Freddy creates. So when you go through Freddy's realm, you're in a industrialized factory with furnaces because that's the last thing he saw. Well, Henry, the last thing he saw was the lab. He probably had provisions enough to look outside the windows and see the town of Hawkins. So along with that and probably the visuals of him stalking other motherfuckers throughout the town. Yeah, he probably knows what the town looks like verbatim. Yeah. Um, and he's able to create that because he's in his long game. He's going to be terrorizing these people because he's creating a bridge. Yeah. Um, and that is like in storytelling wise in DVD wise too. The long game is the biggest fuck you you mm-hmm. can do in a campaign because the whole story of Vecna was you think you killed Vecna, but his hand's still there. Yeah, and that's the whole story of what Vecna is in D and D. And it's and it's a cool little side thing because it's like that's how he uses. Yeah, and his hand is a his right hand is different from his left hand. Yeah, so he creates a habitat for the Demogorgons to live, and because he uses Will as a progenitor, because he because he targets Will because he's weak and small. Yeah, but in the long game wise, if you're sending someone back, who's going to suspect a, a weak little kid? That's true, and that works for season two. And then he creates the fucking drawings. He creates a map. And Vecna, that doesn't bother Vecna because he sends more dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's testing the limits of a defense. Got it. And then you get the Billy Hargrave. It's like, let me see if I can show up in a form. Yeah. And let me see if I can recruit. Let me, let me, I mean, instead of fear, let me use hate. Let me find mm-hmm. the most hateful motherfucker <laughs> who's not only physically has a prowess to do it, mm-hmm. but enough hate of the group themselves because he hates his sister he hates the little black kid that his sister's taking out with and he hates those fucking kids Mm -hmm. and he targets people in the neighborhood people who are susceptible yeah like the preppy girl that's hanging out with Billy yeah kills him kills the parents Mm -hmm. so he's he's testing the waters yeah throughout the series and we'll get it on the season at the end of the next episode yeah that's that's how I see it okay like if I was writing a horror story that's going to be that profound in the long run Mm -hmm. yeah that, that would be my expectation of creating fear, right. creating something that looks safe that's not really safe. It's a mirror, kind of like a mimic. Yeah. And that's that's just how I see it. And, and I think the thing I just really want, I don't know if I want it answered, but at the same time, it's just such a big question. I feel they need to find some way to problem. address it. Well, my, my question is, is like, so, okay, so Eleven sends him into the upside down. He creates the... The environment that we the, know is the yeah, upside down. Yeah, he creates the environment but he didn't create the upside down. That would be like an astronaut landing on a new planet and creating a new civilization. It's like, well, that's his planet, Mm -hmm. but what created the planet that he landed on? Like what created the upside down that he went into? So she just unleashes a mount of power that sends him somewhere. But where is that somewhere? That that's, that's, that's my question. Yeah. Is like, what so, was the beginning of the? What created the first Demogorgon? That's kind of so maybe you what could, I'm getting. You could at. argue as an it is exactly what I said it was mm-hmm. an alien planet that has a gateway. Okay, so a Stargate type situation. Right, she opens right, up right. a gate, and because the gate is there, because there is a connection through some type of psycho, psychosomatic thing, he's able to create his home again. Okay, so 
I'm willing to. I also just like it just being an analogy for hell. Like she just sent him to hell, and he created his own world within hell. Yeah. Like (laughs) like a great version of this is the movie Beetlejuice. Uh, They tell the dead people, like, hey. Uh, you can't leave your house. If you try to leave your house, a gateway to another planet, Saturn, yep. will open up and you'll be killed by giant worms. No. No. no that, but that happens in Beetlejuice. Yeah, and yeah like, they open up the door like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. It's a giant sandworm that's going to try to eat them. That looks like a Tim Burton nightmare. Yeah. And that makes sense. Like, this is like, that's what heaven is. <laughs> Hell is. That's what limbo is. You can't escape. Yeah. But you could you could argue it's probably Jupiter or some shit. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, you could argue that. Yeah. Because it's a cloud. It's a low. It's a land with clouds that are shooting lightning and fire everywhere. Jupiter's more blue, though. Jupiter's giant as fuck and cloudy. <laughs> with a giant red hole that is bigger than the Earth. Be Mars. Mars, yeah. Be Mars. <laughs> but no, like you said, if they had just ended the season full stop there, mm-hmm. that still would have been a satisfying thing. But hey. We still got another four hours worth of content to scrub through. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it, and we'll do it on part three. Let's do a big thing of coke. Yeah, let's do it <laughs> on our <laughs> on part three of our retrospective of the season four, Stranger Things. And I've been Alex. Chris, do you have any final thoughts on these episodes, or what's your favorite moment of these episodes? My favorite moment. Yes, it's mm, hard to say. Of episodes uh, four through seven, oh. or four through six, rather. I think just the uh, like the fact of all the times Eddie freaks out is my favorite parts of the show. <laughs> like we in the boat, yeah, and then in the boat, <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck this!" and he just jumps in the water, and it's just like you see. Uh, what I really like is you see the new upside down. Yeah. That was probably my favorite part when you think Steve is going to die, mm-hmm. and you see Robin and Nancy and Eddie kind of boot and rally, yeah, to save him, and mm-hmm. them trying to travel the upside down, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we didn't touch on it much, but they're they're traveling from one end to the other. It was very cool. And it's very and it's very kind of fucked up in a lot of ways because there's one part where Robin kind of goes ahead with Eddie and Steve and Nancy are just chilling. We're like, don't lose eye contact with these motherfuckers. You will be murdered. You will die. They're the gonna slip down. away. They're gonna start fucking. You're not gonna yeah. pay attention. It's Friday the thirteenth rules. <laughs> But no, and actually, yeah, those were some really good scenes. But and the other thing we didn't touch on, as much as I'm glad he's still alive, how did Steve survive that? How? How did he survive that With attack? Plot armor. <laughs> like again, I'm happy he's alive, but I was like semi, just like the power of a single mother. 